I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. But this little dink ball, no one in the crowded area where it's a fist pass, the weight is taken over, hits the ground and it bounces into a fella's chest. Why do you not do many interviews? Oh, really? Yeah, I've been asked to do a whole pile. Really? Yeah. Have you ever rang me? And they're roaring to me, I coffee, you free state bastard. <laughs> and next thing I hear, you have no fucking jurisdiction up here. <laughs> so we didn't have time on Monday's show. There was too much going on to talk about the news that Keen O'Sullivan um, has retired. Gerald, I'll start with you. Like, I mean... One of my favourite players, like a, a classy, a class act kind of is how you would describe uh, Keen O'Sullivan. I've had the misfortune of marking him in my latter years and it wasn't a good experience. Um, God help anybody. Like, like he, he just had the speed, he had the brain, he had the athleticism, he had the fitness. You know, he, he, was, the, he was the total package. No, I tell you, uh, you'd play him anywhere from two to two to nine. He, he, he just had a superb football brain, Woolly, and... Like you say, that athleticism, uh, if he was marking you, he was always touched tight. And the other occasion, a forward might get away. He had so much pace to actually turn and, and make up the extra couple of yards that within a second or two, he'd be back on you. He's just incredibly sticky. And I think in the 2011 All-Ireland final, he, he was in marking Gooch uh, in corner back in 2013, uh, started midfield and against Mayo. But uh, just a, just a super guy and a super talent, and 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 he's given great service to to Dublin, and no doubt he tried to give a few more years to Kilmacud Croaks, and obviously mentioned briefly off air uh, seeing Croaks by Vincent's in the Dublin Championship last year, and I seen the the couple of games after that, and, and I thought Keane was playing some of his best football that I'd seen in a couple of seasons, certainly for the club, and he looked to have 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 gotten a bit of a break from those niggling injuries and. Um, I never suffered from the old hamstrings myself. It wasn't fast enough, but fast guys like Keen, uh, they're so explosive that on occasion they're they're going to pick up little twinges. Uh, unfortunately for him, he probably picked up more than the, most of the guys. But the fact that he played for so long is a credit to his, his work away from uh, the pitch 
to strengthen up the legs to, to, to ensure that they got the best of themselves. But uh, hey, all Ireland and how many all stars and uh, just uh, he'd be a big loss to the Dublin team. Yeah, he definitely will. I don't know how many Leinsters you kind of run out of fingers counting the Leinsters. I'm sure he has. Like the big the big thing for him, Brendan, was the 2014. You know, lost to Donegal and Jim Gavin had to go back to the drawing board and he identified Keno Sullivan as the man that was going to be a sweeper. And Dublin have never looked back. They actually haven't lost the championship game since then. And Keno Sullivan's role in that shouldn't be underestimated just because you know the last two or three years he hasn't been a starter. Yeah, just um, Jim Gavin sold his football and soul to the Jim McGinnis <laughs> devil. So Not back then. <laughs> no, listen, well, there's something about Keane, and I think he represents the, the modern Dublin player, and he was one of the first, I think, just the, just as a ease of playing the game. Listen, there's no doubt he was a class player, and there's many class player Dublin Dublin players went before him, but he hadn't, they hadn't got maybe that temperament and that... Just the belief in his own ability. It just looked like he was always playing the game and a certain cruise control. And you only get certain players that do that. You know, they come into the game. They just look like they're never going 100%. They've always got the game figured out a wee bit quicker than the rest of us. And Cain was one of them. And you're right, his his role in shoring up that defence of Dublin and organising Dublin's defence as well. And it just was part, as I say, that new wave of Dublin footballer that wasn't going to be faced by anything and just became so hard to beat. But yeah, what, what a player, what a career. Yeah, he was he was the leader of the back line too and he, of, he, he often used to, you know, let his man off, sweep. Because Dublin didn't bring back a forward to sweep. It was Keane's decision on the field to drop off and sweep. And he'd often tell someone else, pick up my man. I've seen with James McCarthy before, you know, he, yeah. suddenly his man's been marked and he's able to sweep. And that was him making those, that wasn't Jim Gavin shouting into him Keane O'Sullivan was making those decisions on the field and I think for a few years he was he definitely was the leader of the back line. No, definitely. The, the, you know, the, the the guy who plays six on, on, on most teams, you know, has to be a strong communicator and like Brendan mentioned, uh, to be able to read and play the game at ease like Keane did and his understanding of, 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 of sensing danger in the full back line and being able to drop off and again, the likes of a midfielder or someone like that coming in and picking up uh, the centre forward that allowed Keane then to, to, to pick up so much uh, breaks and even cut out a lot of balls for the balls we even played in. He, he, he was very good at getting into the right position and then his athleticism then allowed him then to push back out again and the play slowed up. If he had to get back out the field, he was, he was just well able to uh, uh, push back out. But the other thing he, he actually had as well is, is the amount of secondary balls he would pick up um, around the the edge of the D his ability to kick past the ball out of the fence uh, over the first line of attack and get them going on the forward foot the front foot he he did that so many times and, and, and he's probably sl- slightly unorthodox in how he kicks the ball but there's a punt a lot, doesn't he he doesn't he, li- he likes an L punch a party or shape punt yeah but, but, but it goes it goes straight like you know and and, uh, and, and sets Dublin on the front foot uh, so many times and that's another huge part of his game uh, on top of the defensive element of it a lot of our attacks would have would have come from him uh, 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 getting us going from yeah. uh, uh, head up forward football well, he was, know, so. he, Ger, as well as that, the, the Dublin guys you know we had this thing in Ulster there if you had a successful team you, you had to kind of hate them they made you hate them mm. and this Dublin team and Keane was like that that's why you, everything that Dublin do you, you admire it they, they never kind of rub anybody's nose on it they just go about their business so yeah. so well and Keane was like that all the guys are like they seem like all top lads as well they've basically said right we're going to go out and play football or way we have no need to stick an elbow in you or put you over the line, and it's yeah. something that used to be on G, particularly maybe up 
I was so used to it here in, in, in Ulster, but the, he was part of that same level. You couldn't say a bad word about these yeah. guys. You just had to admire the skill that they had. Yeah, and probably the biggest compliment I can I can pay him is that he wears his moustache an awful lot better than me. <laughs> you, know, you know how you know how how well this looks on yeah. me. So, like, I mean, that's probably the nicest thing we could but, say about him. But he was actually telling me he's seen you wearing it, and, and that inspired him. <laughs> <laughs> he's had it a while. He's had it a he's while. Had it a while fact, yeah, listen, he's a handsome man. So, like, I mean, good looking fella. He has yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah, he just yeah. has it all. Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. But we should hate him, Brendan. I don't know why we don't. <laughs> but, but be, before, we before you, we there. Yeah. Be, and, and before you move off, um, off it, a lot of what Kilkenny did when when Kilkenny got nearly won five in a row, you know, Dublin certainly under Pat and and, and definitely Jim then as well. We 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 would have been inspired and admired the way the Kilkenny guys uh, held themselves. If you wanted to mix it, they mix it. If you want to play hurling, we play hurling. But either way, we're going to beat you. Uh, that's where Brian Cody got the lads and that's something um, our generation when we started off that's something we would have looked up to as right. well you know, but we, which is very much evident in, in, in how the lads play in yeah. it you know? well they've definitely done it they've definitely oh, emulated yeah. them there's no yeah. doubt about yeah. that it's worked out the handicap this weekend lads Just we're not going to preview the match here or anything like that but the handicap in the Dublin-Wexford game This I think this is a, a record it's minus 24 like holy shit Brendan like I mean this is just and, and the, the hilarious thing about this and it's not really hilarious it's depressing is that Dublin will probably beat that minus 24 because when it's at 18, it's at 20, it's at 22, generally Dublin cover those huge handicaps. It's amazing. Usually you think they've no chance at half-time because the other team comes out Mm. fighting and they eventually wear them down and goals go in late and they always cover and Shane Roach the extra manager was saying it'll be a great occasion and we've a lot of young players that when, when we met said we want to pit ourselves against the best. I can just picture the final whistle going in Wexford Park. Wexford have been hammered and that's no disrespect to Wexford because Dublin will hammer them. And all the Wexford fans will run out onto the field, run past their own players and go to Kieran Kilkenny and Conor Callan for their autographs. Like, I mean, Dublin have just got to this level, Brendan, which is, we know it's kind of, it's, it's, it's gone to crazy levels in Leinster, but it's nearly worrying full stop. Yeah, well, I, I guess you know, this subject keeps coming up, you know, about the, the powers that be and where things is at. And it's a massive, massive question, uh, Willie. And I just think it's not going to stop. If anything, it's going to get worse. You know, it's just people will say, then, well, what about teams like Sligo winning a Connacht and Fermanagh getting in the Ulster final? And, you know, teams you know, having, having a go at a provincial, obviously, tipped last year, Cavan. I think last year was such a one-off. It kind of holds that argument a bit. I just can't see those counties in the next 10 years get getting getting near that. And I, I just think it's pulling away. That's why I think the, the bigger teams really, as much as we have to try and uh, encourage all the, the weaker counties, it just looks like, well, at this point, part of me thinks, you know what, let the big teams play each other to hell and uh, try and promote football as best we can because we keep almost giving off about the big teams uh, for what they're doing. But that's not going to stop. And there doesn't seem any little way of stopping it. So you're right at the weekend. It's it's just a foregone conclusion. And for teams now playing Dublin, it's it's a bit of a a bit of a big day for them. And uh, as you say, to put their wits against the best. If you if you look at even last week, Willie, as much as Dowmer rank outsiders, there's still a wee thought there. Could they give Donegal a game? There was yeah. a couple of passages of play in the game they would, you know. And there's there's other provincial teams where the, there will be a wee bit of a game in it. But just for Dublin and Leinster, there, there's none of that. Well, I was going to say it's amazing if if you think back to Dublin and Wexford we had a nice little rivalry for a couple of seasons in Leinster in the noughties, yeah. and, um, and certainly 2009 and 2011 we, 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 we pipped them in the Leinster final um, uh, Anthony Maston just had a 
2011 but was it? I think it could have been 2011 and there was a, there was a, a, a semi-final quarter-final uh, maybe 2009 as well where, where Wexford kind of had us under Jason Ryan as manager and did a nice crop of players um, and I bumped into one of the, the Wexford guys uh, last week doing something else and we were chatting about it and he said when the footballers were going well there the hurlers weren't going so great and now the hurlers are going great and the footballers are obviously in Division 4 but that a lot of the stronger hurlers ended up playing football under Jason Ryan when they were going well and now um, most of those guys or most of the decent duo guys are going back playing hurling because of the attraction of uh, uh, winning uh, Liam McCarthy with with, uh, with Davy Fitz which is probably a challenge to those dual counties when and even knowing a bit about the club scene down there I think it's the 12 senior clubs football and hurling and they could have 8 or 9 dual players uh, in each club on the starting 15 you know which makes it very difficult to actually excel and get to the next level because again as we all know it's very hard to progress and become elite at both codes given given how uh, far the likes of Dublin carry abroad the game yeah they definitely have I think even some Wexford players would be looking at Dublin players going wow mm. and looking to swap jerseys with them after the game like yeah, I mean yeah. it has got it has got to that level we were talking about one superstar with Dublin you're just up the road yeah. from uh, Stephen Cluxton yeah. what's going on with him because Kieran Kilkenny said he was back yeah. uh, Mick Alvin said that he was he was coming back and there's constant speculation that he's gone because he played a league game with Parnells during the week and he's not in the squad for this weekend yeah, Clucko, you you obviously know him as well, Willie, from your your time there. So uh, a wonderful character, a wonderful guy. I, 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 contrary character, a contrary character, and he plays outfield. More which, contrary which than me. Which is <laughs> contrary than you. He'd actually that'd be a great podcast with you if you whenever you retires. You get good viewership for that. He does no media. Never mind doing me. There's I know, no chance I know. Of... But um, he, he, I I don't know is the answer, but. What I do know of Clucko is that he, he more than likely would have made a decision for me at the start of the season to not leave Desi in the lurch, but I'm sure Desi knows exactly what's going on and whatever um, uh, game there. Uh, so is your, take that, is your take that he's back? My take is that he's back. My take is that he's back, yeah. But, yeah. but I, I actually honestly don't know, but knowing his character, he, I think he would have uh, stepped away quietly over the Christmas yeah. as opposed to um, leaving a go this late and having so much being talked about him because he doesn't like that either well he doesn't like that either like yeah. I mean but then again you know it's funny things some of the things he does makes you talk about him a bit more like yeah, not doing yeah. the celebration around in 11 and yeah, yeah. you know not going on the late late show and it's all to keep a low profile but what it actually happens you know is that people talk yeah. about you way more so it's was, a strange one was Paul Scholes not like that for United for years and and then Obviously when he then went into media. And then, then went into Jeez, media. He could get him as a pundit. Yeah, you you were on a show. Cluxton might start his own podcast. Well, you yeah. <laughs> you're, you're under pressure. You, you were on a rival. You were on a rival show recently, Brendan. Um, you're doing a you listen. You're all over the place. You're. Uh, you're 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 in demand. Me, give me a contract. Give me a contract. You're, <laughs> you're, you're you were you that for me. Let's be honest. You were you were on with David Brady anyway. And this is one of the most David Brady things I've ever I've ever seen. David mm. Brady says, "Word on the street." This yeah. lad's bluffing completely. Word on the street. This lad lives in Castle Knock. Anyway, word on the street is that Cluxton is gone, and the very next day, Kieran Kilkenny announced he was back training. I thought it was a classic. Did he did he, did he fill you in on any more of this word on the street afterwards, Brennan? Uh, it's funny when Brady says something again. He comes with a very uh, real authority. Yeah, yeah. Believe him. I think that's his, that's his point. And I, I I got sucked in. I was like, well, Brady must know something there. He must know what you say next day. No, he doesn't. He knows nothing. No, and he wouldn't mind me saying that. Either. Yeah. Well, you, you see, as as you know yourselves, as former players, like it, it is, and the game that we're obviously involved in here doing the punditry, but you don't like asking guys you played with direct questions because you know as a player. 
coming up to games, you didn't want to be so or hanging out with fellas who were going to torment you about the match because you, you just wanted to switch off and actually get a bit of a breather. So in the same way, none of the guys and myself will go and ask him directly what's the story. And then Cloco being Cloco, he's not going to tell anyone either, bar his missus. He probably didn't tell her either. But, uh, but I'm sure Desi Farrell knows what's going on, you know. Right, OK. Yeah. Well, well, do you think Desi would have told us? Yeah, I, I think he's back. I don't think there's anything to talk about here. I think he's back. I think and he's back. He's not going to come into the squad after only coming back a week and push the, the young sub goalie. Is it Shields that, that yeah, played the Michael Shields there the and uh, Evan Comerford. And, well, Comerford's going to start. Yeah. But Cluckins, I think Cluxon would be honourable enough to go, here, hang on. And he might even say to Mick Galvin, who wants him on the squad, hang on. I'm only back a week I'm not going to take one of those young lads I'll, yeah. I'll be training the next couple of weeks yeah. and I'll I'll, be, I'll go back in then I, that's my reading of what's going I, on I would agree with that yeah okay we'll leave, we'll leave it at that so I want to talk about Ryan O'Donoghue lads this fella is uh, a bit refreshing now so he actually we were wondering who's going to take the freeze in Killian O'Connor's absence and uh, Ryan O'Donoghue put his hand up and told James Horn I want that job now I love that straight away um, fantastic so he went on the freeze he takes them for his club but he used to box and Often we hear about, because he was in the media this week, often we hear about, um, you know, the the commitment players are making and all these kind of things. And when he was in sixth class, he used to get up at 6am in Bell Mullet, running two, running miles before school. His father would be in the car, you know, like those old school movies with the lights on yeah. in the dark and he's yeah. running. And he only ate plain chicken and dry pasta, no sauce. Like, I mean, just completely dedicated to boxing, Brendan, and like, you know, coming into Gaelic football now and his teammates slagging him because he, he, he actually doesn't have a palate for some sauce on his pasta and chicken. I don't know what point I'm making here. That it sounds horrible, Willie. I don't, I don't know. Just playing pasta and chicken, what is the need? Surely he's got enough room burning off carbs there. I remember seeing Michael Feltz diet there years ago at the Olympics and he was eating pizza and donuts flat to the board because he was training so hard. So, yeah, it sounds like a wee bit of a Rocky Balboa story, doesn't it? I think he did a bit of boxing, didn't he, yeah. as well? So he might be able to handle himself in a, in a wee fisty cuff say, if it kicks off there. But, yeah, great story. I kind of love that, Willie, because I guess that was his life, his trajectory, you know. I always feel that people sometimes, I kind of half fell into football by, by mistake a wee bit in terms of, and I never played underage for, for Donegal or that, you know. So it kind of came to me and everything just happened all of a sudden, you know. But for guys like that, it's as if they just, their whole life had dreamed. I mean, Michael Murphy would have been like that, you know. It just You just knew that this was his, going to be his life and his, his way of going. So fantastic story. As you said, it took a lot of BLs to, to, to say, listen, I'm going to hit the freeze. Of course, hitting the freeze against Sligo, but different maybe to, to Crow Park on the big day. The test will come down the down the road, and as we all know, we freeze it. That is the metal that you need, and that's something obviously Killian O'Connor had in spades and experience. So, surely uh, uh, there's tougher tests for him coming round, and he's going to have to keep his nerve. But uh, listen, I think with stories like that, you can get behind lads like that because you know that it's it's heart and soul. They love that that jersey and that play as, as, as much as any fan could ever want them to. Yeah, a nice little interview. I love the way he put his hand up and it'll be keeping my eye out for him more. I like him yeah. as a player. He had a great first yeah. half in last year's Allen final. But I wanted to talk about diet there, actually. Because, like, I mean, I, I, I'm starting to get a bit paranoid that I'm getting very old-fashioned. I'm 43 now. So, like, I mean, I am old, fa- nearly old-fashioned. Well, maybe a few <laughs> more years. But I, I think diet's overdone. Now, I remember, like, say the O'Shea brothers, they would have sworn on a fry 
the morning of an All-Ireland. Didn't do them any harm. John Milan would have sworn, he, I think his routine used to be to get a snack box the night before. Now then, I remember when I worked with Off the Ball, Mossy Quinn telling us, now this wasn't playing with Dublin, this was playing with Vincent's and yeah. he was joking after, I think he won a Leinster and Mossy says, I'm going to get chicken wings now to, or I had chicken wings last night because I had been off them. And I was thinking, holy shit, chicken wings are healthy in my eyes. Like that would be something that I wouldn't really even be avoiding. But So Mossy's obviously an extreme end of scale. But what's your thoughts on it, Gerald? Like, I, I don't know. Can like, Would you deprive yourself chicken wings to play better? Or is this a psychological thing that you go, I've sacrificed all this, therefore, you know, I deserve to play well? Well, black and white, um, to, 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 to look at the benefits of eating well and, and, and your body's ability to adapt to the stress of training and gym, the cleaner you eat, the more adaptions you get. If you're uh, a Mark O'Shea, a Dara O'Shea, um, Tomas O'Shea with multiple All-Irelands and uh, you're playing in a wonderful team, of course you can probably throw in your sneaky fry. But when you're trying to get to the next step and you're stepping onto the field and it's knockout championship and it's in Crow Park, you know in the back of your head that I've done everything that's been asked of me uh, to get the best out of myself. And the confidence that comes from yeah. that then so is So it's a psychological huge. thing then. So, so, so at that point, it's psychological when you're trying to break through or even trying to break into the team that you just have to watch yourself uh, because you need to give yourself every single advantage. Uh, but from a, a physiological perspective, obviously eating well is, is far better than, than um, eating crap after games. And even when you look at beer and alcohol, obviously a couple of beers after a stressful uh, game, is is uh, is no harm just to kind of relieve the stress. But when when I started off playing Leinster championships, um, we were we were going to the beer for two or three days after quarter final, and and now the lads would barely drink a bottle or two after uh, a Leinster quarter final because of the level they've obviously gotten to. You know, yeah. so yeah, your diet is hugely important, Wally. Um, and and again, the per- depending on the type of personality you are, if you're someone that is, uh, uh, what would you call it? Uh, very kind of linear in their in their thinking that and you know if, if you don't have everything uh, laid out and eating exactly the right amount of food you, the, the dietitian told you to eat I, I might have a bad game here whereas certainly my personality I didn't overthink it too much but it, it, relatively well when I was playing but um, but other guys it depends on the extremity of the character as well but if you're trying to break through knowing that you've done everything that's been asked of you um, there's no better feeling taken to the pitch yeah, no, I under and, and I completely accept that. Now, I'm not going to, I'm not trying to uh, make an argument here, Brendan, that you eat bloody bad food all week. Like I'm talking yeah. about eating well, you know, refueling after training, doing all the right things, eating your veg, fruit, carbohydrates, yeah. all that, eating well. But Jesus, at the weekend, if you can't have a pizza and you can't have a, a chipper when you want one, on top of doing everything right, like that, I think those players, Brendan, might potentially be taking it to to extreme <laughs> levels. Uh, it's been drummed on the I think it's part of this whole mindset of, of being pushed down and elite, elite, elite. You have to, you have to. And a fellow would almost feel guilty for eating a pizza now, yeah. which seems absolutely crazy. Well, in the thought of pints, you know, this thing of having a few pints after the match, the way you know that's kind of been outlawed is, is an absolute joke. When you look yeah. at other sports doing it that, that are at a, at a professional level and people do it, I mean, look at rugby, for example. They still go and enjoy their, their nights out and have their pints, and there's no there's no talk about it. You, you think of the famous story of Jack Charlton, remember Harry Ramsdays or whatever you call it, the <sighs> chipper there, the, the, the big uh, fish and chip challenge. He took them on the night before a game. 
you know, he, he obviously Charlton's coming from a time of view where, where that wouldn't matter. I remember Van Harp stopping for fish and chips uh, before uh, League of Ireland games and, and carried across heading to Dublin. At that point, I had played with me Donegal and I got very obsessive with diet, really obsessive. And, and looking back at it, you know, I hate that it did because we had no dietitians and on. I remember looking at the back of like pasta and looking at carbs and I just equaled that to energy. And I thought, yeah. if I have energy, I'm going to play well. And that, honestly, that's so stupid. <laughs> I was, I've eaten pasta for breakfast and things. It was just making me a bit ill. And I remember <laughs> heading the, um, we were heading the Clonus this day and I had like a protein shake, like an energy drink thing. And I didn't even want the boys to see me drinking it because they'd be like, what's that? What's that? To be annoying. And I remember shaking this thing up and downing it. So we got on McGuinness's bus, and if you've ever went from Donegal Town to Clonus, Wally, you talk about it, and, I, and I'm, I'm bouncing, bouncing, all I can feel is this pro, I really <laughs> threw you up two or three days. This is going to play maybe an, an Oscar semi-final or final. I'm, I'm looking back at it now, I'm just thinking, God, I did not need that stress in my mind about diet, diet, diet. But, you know, look at it now, it's all it's all mapped out for players. And, and, and But as you say, Wally, you know, there's a balance there with everything. We've definitely lost the balance in terms of what we're expecting from our players. You know, hermits, diet, all that's gone a wee bit too far out the way. To see, at, at the end of it, well, it still comes down to your, your fitness and your skills. And if, you, if you're if you diet or if you have a few beers at the right time, surely there's a place for that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Snackbox never stopped a man kicking a pint. It will break it down to a real, <laughs> a real stupid supporter level. But uh, but that's, that's the thing, though, Ger. And even but the rugby professional, um, professional set-ups will balance the benefits from having a few pints for team camaraderie, team spirit. Yeah. Obviously, like it does yeah. have a physiological downside, but these are fit yeah. kind of fl- athletes. So it will have a small a small downside physiologically, but it'll have a huge benefit, camaraderie, team spirit and all those things. And they weigh it up and go, this is much more important than this. So, and, and, and Brendan's probably touched on it and, and you, you mentioned it there too, is, is depending on your starting points. So some squads um, are doing too much shrinking. And some squads probably aren't doing enough drinking, but <laughs> if, if uh, because uh, see monkey see monkey do, and 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 with a lot of the elite teams, and even towards the end of my own uh, career, I I I was nearly I was drinking a couple of pints of Smilix or pints of uh, Guinness in the hotel afterwards, wherever you were, you were having your grub, and a few of the younger lads coming through were just having a few like uh, Heineken little, little bottles, and they might have one or two of them. And by the f- time they finish their first bottle, I'm on my fourth point, like you know. And uh, but then, fellas, you're, you're kind of looking around, and the competition creeps in, and then you're watching what everyone else is doing. So, have we got it wrong? Yes, I think. But it's uh, unfortunately um, because we're not professional, and because um, guys, it, it, it's it's again, you're you're. It's all relative to where you're coming from as a player trying to break into a team, and then it's all relative where you're coming as a team trying to break into Division 4 or from 3 into 2 and what not and, and, and that's something that you kind of have to take into context but uh, but 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 the benefits of team uh, uh, like a team I, I'd much rather a team building exercise going on the beer for the for a couple of nights away as opposed to going doing some adventure course I think you have much better crack because you're out with the lads and well, a few combine the two chasing women and having a bit of crack like you know yeah. and, 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 and the stories then the next day and fellas waking up like, but uh, I, I don't think that happens as much now. Certainly not not in season, you know. So. No, no, it definitely doesn't. That's, does, gr- that's great for your uh, off the mark ability chasing women. I like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Before, Before I got married, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the wife doesn't listen. I'm lucky. <laughs> that's all in your past. All in your past. Someone will tell her. Someone will tell her. <laughs> Come here, Stephen Campbell has been doing media this week as well, and he says we're all a team of players. Like he's fairly honest from here, here, Brendan, and I'll throw this to you as a man who might be able to relate <laughs> relate to this. 
this. We're all we're all team players, but everyone wants a chunk of the limelight. It's all about burying that ego or whatever it is and trusting the man beside you, trusting that you can do that he can do everything you can do. And here's the question. Like, how difficult is it to bury the ego and not want to be the star of the show. Like you probably would have been the star of Donegal for for a good few years and like you would have had an ego about how good you were and maybe you should have taken his advice <laughs> his advice of suppressing it. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? The only turn back time, really. Oh my God, if we knew, we knew now, yeah. Ah, listen, that, that sounds very like Kieran McGinney now, to be honest. Maybe Stefan has liked Kieran McGinney, but that sounds so much like a, a geezer, yeah. I, I think the limelight, well, he's probably less tied up in the limelight and more tied up in just our ma having success, which then brings the limelight. I guess if there's there's massive media around our ma in a few weeks' time, it means that they've done what they've needed to do and, and get back into an Ulster final, for example. I think that's probably what, what he means by that, about getting getting limelight. But surely, yeah. I mean, I think forward play now, Willie, is, is all about inclusive. You still see certain players will go for goals or, or, or put the head down times. But by and large, it's all team, 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 which then, in fact, takes the pressure off a star player. You yeah. think about it, Willie, I remember games getting in there, you know, you're playing in a big match. If you hadn't scored in the first 20, we bit of pressure started to come on you because... For the match out in the street, oh, you're going to score today, 1-3, 1-5, you know, this kind of thing. Yeah. So you needed to get going to get into the game, whereas I don't see that with modern players now. It's Players kind of a quiet game. You did your job, you know, you, you were linked up play, you worked back. That's good enough. I think that was something that's brought in huge, and particularly like what, what Jim did to Donegal. There's no pressure on any of the forwards ever in, in a game. And looking back at it now, you know, you, you could have done me a bit of that at times, really, because... You know, you were, you were, I suppose, at times, you could be a bit brittle in terms of you knew the game was going against you. And then, you know, your, your, I suppose your own ability in the game started to go down, whereas that's, that's just been a forward back in the day. It was all about confidence and, and those one-on-one battles, which doesn't happen anymore now, will they? Players can loop out on the half-forward line, get a good touch of the ball and get into it. If you were starved of possession in the game, you know, you were kind of cool then. Then somebody threw you a free to, Clip over the bars if it was piece of piece of cake, you know. So such a different game uh, now from our time. Well, well, that's the thing. And but even in our time, like I remember when I'd have a good game. Oh Jesus! Like I'd, I'd buy three of the the papers the next day, and I'd read about it. I'd be delighted with myself, you know. And yeah. there was no social media, there was no Facebook, there was no you know online kind of thing. It was just kind of harmless. I, I I don't know. Maybe you can lose the run of yourself a little bit. And I saw Paul Donaghy who had that brilliant game against um, Donegal in the first league game and he hasn't been great since and he said to be honest I sort of tried to block all that out because I know it's only a distraction and he said you could even see things popping up on Facebook like I'd say I could spend a whole, right now if I was to have a good game there's enough places to read about your good game you could be couple, <laughs> you could be two or three hours lauding in your brilliant performance it's, it's, you need a lot of maturity to block that out Ah, oh, you definitely do and, and uh, the generation that's there now they've grown up with, with, with social media and it must be incredibly difficult to actually build those habits to, yeah. uh, not to be checking in on everything that's uh, popping up on the screen whereas in our day playing it was a case of you actually physically had to grip out of the bed put on your shoes go down to the shop buy a few papers remember a few good games like that you would have you would sneakily go in and buy the paper and you'd be hoping no one would see you <laughs> you don't want anyone seeing you reading about yourself yeah. you know but but uh, I don't know if fellas are buying the paper now but it must be very challenging look at it, it, it's a, a, a successful setup is, you know, you, you have to, as a, as a manager, probably looking after thirty odd elite guys, 
you know, you have to allow some characters will will will, will probably enjoy and feed off the, the 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 positive feedback from the news reports and everything else. But generally speaking, you know, as a rule of thumb, the more energy you put into uh, external cues for for how good or indifferent you are, um, the less beneficial will be to the team, and then you can you can kind of get sidetracked. So, so you're you're taking your cue from the manager. There's a, there's some old uh, message boards. They still exist. Do you remember them, Wally? Um, oh yeah, message boards yeah. or what do you call them? Remember the, the, the forums? The forum, yeah, the yeah, online yeah. forums. Yeah, yeah, forums. yeah. yeah. So I remember, remember my sister saying to me one time, "Do you ever go on them?" And I know by the way she said it, you yeah. more or less don't go on them. Yeah. <laughs> and it never happened. I don't, I don't even know if they still exist. Yeah. But I remember if things went wrong, as you said, well, I, you you would be getting absolutely cut to shreds, and that's what I've never. I don't even know if they exist anymore. But yeah. my my my, <laughs> I'd my be afraid to go on them. Well, my point on message boards, I was my my attention was drawn to them before and I've kind of have the habit now of checking them every yeah, now and yeah, then and yeah. like I mean more for kind of feedback on what people are saying about the show or yeah, whatever yeah. but it's very rarely positive on those show on those things like it's always negative it's always hateful yeah. because you know you don't know who the people are and it's easier to be hateful when you know you're anonymous whereas at least online most people have their their name there and yeah. it say you're useless or you're bollocks you know, like at least okay yeah. fair play at least you're showing the world that you've no problem abusing somebody in public yeah. and people can make their judgement on you yeah. that you might not be that nice of a person whereas the message board is a free for all like I mean you're yeah. as well off stay stay away from them just do you have so, you no well, to... I, I was going to, and uh, it's something I think came up maybe a couple of seasons ago the GA did do a bit of work on it and they probably need to um, keep keep pushing this out there is that you have to remember that these lads are amateurs and, and, and they're going to school or work or they're not working the next day and, and that's you know their families are looking at these things and, and fellas are doing their best so some of these idiots as I would call them on these message boards who, who are talking absolute rubbish um, it, you know they have to bear that in mind that it, it, it's another person human being that they're talking about and in particular it's a bloody amateur as well so, yeah you know. it's still like everyone's desensitised to it when it's online you can say what you want without yeah. a, without any any yeah. feelings being involved not that not that any of the three of us have are very sensitive <laughs> one, one, one last one on this is that you know players wanting to get a chunk of the limelight and it has to be said whatever Jim Gavin did with Dublin Right. And I 100% hold my hands up and say, I, w- I loved being the star of the show. And if I got mm. interviewed after playing really well, I probably wouldn't bring it back to the team. I'd go, yeah, look, I played well. You know, there was a good point. Do you want to ask me about that point? Or, you know, I'd yeah, be joking. Yeah. I enjoyed that. But I genuinely believe Dublin are at the point now where when Conor Callaghan says it's about the team. I think they, like they've brainwashed me into thinking that, that to believing them and I think they've been brainwashed as well that they don't want to be the star of the show at all. That Con doesn't, Kieran doesn't. I say Dermot probably did but these younger lads, Fenton doesn't. I think, how has he done it, Ger? basically? It, it, it's, again, it's probably flipped around and, and a bit like the example I gave you of uh, fellas uh, drinking points after championship, uh, Leinster Championship matches to now no one having any points because uh, monkey see, monkey do, and the group and her mentality that uh, uh, exists, and obviously the manager has to lead that change. And, and in the same way, guys being put up on a pedestal uh, from Dublin after uh, a solid performance, they're nearly embarrassed uh, receiving the man of the match award, and 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 they just want to get over and done with quickly and and uh, go through the media duties. But it, like playing for the collective, it's one of the most wonderful experience you can ever have and 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 that's something I, I've always uh, talked about when we look at the 2011 game um, is that regardless of the results which was great to win 
I actually felt part of a wonderful group of fellas playing for each other and the results would take care of itself if it was meant to be and thankfully it was meant to be on that occasion. But So to be part of a squad like that is, uh, is a wonderful feeling. And maybe the question I, I'll throw back to you Willie, is, is with your life experience now, would you be any different if you were playing? Yeah, well, you see, the, the yeah. thing, the thing, I always feel I played for the team. Yeah, yeah. It's just I did like when when I was the man of the match. I enjoyed that. Yeah, I enjoyed yeah. being the best player on the field. You know, yeah, if, yeah. not saying this happened all the time, but it's not like you're going out because I wasn't a scorer. Yeah, yeah. So my role was to be a team player. Yeah. But I still enjoy, like I enjoyed getting the plaudits. It's, it's like Dublin don't lads don't enjoy getting those plaudits. Yeah. It's like it's it's almost insulting to them that they're getting the plaudits. Yeah, and and, and, and because I think fellas are amateur too and even I know we talked to Conor McCarthy a few weeks ago getting the three goals in the first half as a only goal in the league game and then the second half going away from him and then he was interviewed afterwards and oh, yeah, he was, we he was disappointed yeah. So 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 it, it, it it's kind of a uh, you don't want to be seen to be getting any bigger than your boots because the lads will get onto you but um and again, it probably ties in with the amateurism of of, uh, of the game too. That, that that fellas exist and live in the communities, and they're not hidden away in in uh, in uh, private estates or private houses like professional sports people are. You know. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. And being cocky, I suppose, isn't isn't something that's uh, you know boring, endearing no, in Ireland. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's boring. It's boring. No, um, it is boring. It, isn't the, it? The, the, yeah. <laughs> the interviews you've got to get. Well, you would have been a, a you know someone's dream. The interview because you would have got a something out of it. Yeah. You would have got a bit of crack. In a way, and you would have maybe give a tongue-in-cheek comment. I mean, everything now has become so robotic. And and, and we're well, back back to start the show about Keane and how nice all the Dublin guys were. It just looks like now the collective has just become the complete another. It's as if they just be, be, belong to one system, and that goes right through everything they do, how they handle themselves, mannerisms. It's as if it's coached to, to the ultimate level. And now the characters of the game, you would always see whether they be good crack or fiery, or anything, all that's taken out because none of that's helping the situation. It made for, I suppose, interesting viewing, but I even see it with our own club. Players here, um, down when I meet them in, in the gym and that, you know, everybody's got this kind of, you know, the, the wee kind of cheeky lad doesn't seem to be there. Uh, it just doesn't seem to happen anymore. And, and that's something, I suppose, with sport seems to be coming in more and more that it's just all head down. And I think what, what we're on about too, getting out for, for pints and, and getting a bit of craziness going I think that that's probably part of the whole same thing Yeah maybe it's all linked in together Right lads we've gone too long there we'll come back and we'll talk there's actual games this weekend that we need to talk about We'll be back <laughs> I want to start in Connacht, lads. I think this is the biggest game of the weekend. It's Roscommon and Galway in Dr. Hyde Park. Um, you know, Anthony Cunningham, it's, it's hard to know. You're talking about trying to gauge form. And Roscommon have had a bad league and have had a terrible result against Armagh. And that's coming on the back of a bad result against Mayo last year where they didn't show up in Dr. Hyde Park. So, you know, they only had that one game, um, you know, last year in the championship. Now have lost all their league games. And the last one they've lost badly, like one seventeen to eleven or something against Armagh, a team that they, they generally were able to beat or be very mm. close to. It's hard to get away from the fact that you think Ross Common could be on a bit of a slide here. No, they definitely are on a, on a bit of a slide, and it's probably a huge game for for Anthony Cunningham and, and his tenure there, and trying to turn the players around from a, a disappointing league campaign would be a huge challenge. Look, at he, he also has a lot of experience as a as a successful manager too. And now, uh, just just on that, it has to be said that they were relegated in his first year, mm. but that was out of a, 
a tough Division One like it is now, and they came back and won Connacht that year. Yeah, so he can he, he can do it. He can do it, and 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 and, and he will draw uh, from those experiences uh, in order to change the mindset of players. I think what 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 players and a, a team like Roscommon who do have a realistic chance of winning uh, Connacht from year to year. He he will be able to say to them that look at the league is boxed off. It is what it is. We just short leading into it. Um, we're working on a couple of new things, but it's all about championship now, and we need to get ourselves right up for this game and leave it all out on the field. And 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 the Roscommon players will definitely raise their performances by a couple of percent each, which will feed into the collective, no doubt. But uh, it's still hard to see. Again, Galway obviously not playing so well either, despite the positive start to to to, to Park Joyce's tenure um, uh, before COVID last year. So they're like two teams in similar kind of situations. Both managers are probably under pressure, um, but but it is it, it is a tough ask for Anthony Cunningham to to, to try to rebuild uh, the guys in a short amount of time. But then, if you can't split and box off the league, say it's done and dusted, forget about it. This is a new season now. That was pre-season. Now we're into the uh, real stuff here and see what response you get from the guys. But it is going to be hard for them, yeah. Probably will. And Galway beat them, obviously, in Salt Hill in, in the actual, in the league itself. They're playing Fionn Oli as a sweeper, Brennan, which is a bit of a departure. Like, I mean, Parik Joyce has, has pretty much, you know, without saying it, said our backs aren't good enough here and they need help. So there's no way he was coming out, starting with Galway, playing a sweeper. I don't have any problem with him playing the full-time sweeper. He still has some very good forwards up front. Like Comer looks like he'd be back. I think he had a hand injury, which is a good injury in the fact that you'd be able to do all the running and you'd be, you know, you'd be perfectly fit when you come back. Shane Walsh, Dave, Matthew Tierney, like I think they could play him on the edge of the square. His brilliant mark against Monaghan at the end and they have Finnerty, who's very good. They're four kind of top-class forwards who would be looking to keep up and if they want to defend with the rest of them, you know, so be it. It's kind of hard to read. Go away, uh, well, you're right, because you're looking at hammering from Kerry and obviously they dished out the same thing to, to, to Rowan. How teams play against Dublin is very hard to know. Well, because Galway did well in that Dublin game, but what level is Dublin playing at? It's so, so hard to look at it. Listen, Galway have a brilliant under-20s team there. Um, there's four or five of them in the panel and um, you know they could have a real tilted all there. And so underage coming through, Galway have... Have a just so much talent at Ross Common, haven't it? That said, Ross Common have a very good record against Galway and can always seem to level the match of it. And you're right, go back in the last this full year now. The only game that's won between the two teams was Galway beating Ross Common. You remember last year, Galway went straight into the, the final after default because the, there was a COVID outbreak in Sligo. Yes. Mm-hmm. They're obviously beaten by beaten by Mayo. So you know both teams going on a very very perform. It's only Division One, all Division One clash in that first round. But of course, both teams are. Are going down now, so hard hard to read in the Comer's injury, thumb injury. I'm here in opposite Willie that, that he mightn't make it. He seems plagued with injuries. Ah, Comer, you think even Comer even with one arm, that big arm that he has in the hand, he could probably play. We <laughs> we won them, Willie. He's he's such a different uh, uh, animal out there. What a what a player he is, Willie. But I just wonder again in this game, you know what what is the real Galway? The murmurs coming out of him isn't you know great in terms of of training and that you know. And listen, we've wild time for Joyce as a player and that. I just don't hear good vibes coming out from my, my friends in Galway. And, and obviously, Ross Common, Stephen Pocho coming in there, maybe to shore up their defence. I think Ross Common will want to make this a bit of a fight and, and to test uh, Galway's medal. I think that's that what this game will come down to. If it comes down to a fight, 
It'll be a tricky one for Galway. I, I, I suppose Anthony Cunningham came in to Roscommon and the first thing he did was play with two forwards and the rest kind of defending. He gave them a harder edge, you know, a little bit yeah, like Jim McGuinness yeah. coming into yeah. and they were able to win those battles. And now the game is moving away from that and it's trying to move to maybe leaving a few more forwards up and maybe kicking it a little bit more. And they've brought in Stephen Poacher as a coach, which doesn't really marry with the kind of direction the game has gone. Do you know that kind of way? So like the results haven't been good this year. Like one thing in Galway's favour in the, in the league game, Kieran Malloy man-marked Enda Smith. And no matter how many years you go back with Roscommon or how many managers they have, if you take Enda Smith out of the game, Roscommon just fall apart. And yeah, Smith is a huge part of, of all that is good of Roscommon over the last number of years. And I, I would have seen end up close. He was in DCU as well, won a few Sigersons, but uh, uh, a wonderful wonderful footballer and, and, and a great athlete. But Kieran Malloy, obviously Cora Finn, seen him playing for NUIG as well, um, a wonderful footballer, extremely fit. And if he is on Smith again, you know, he will break even with him um, over the course of the 70 minutes. Which which will obviously uh, hamper anything that would be good with Ross Common, but it, it it's 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 a funny one um, it, for me and probably listen to Brendan and yourself. But it's hard to call it because you you you've two teams that are you know um, from a morale, a morale point of view, like winning is a habit, yeah. and you get good energy from that. And uh, no matter how much coaching or video analysis you do, or one on one with players. Regardless of, who, regardless of who the manager is, is as a collective when you win, there's a good boost that comes from that. Even if it was a brutal performance, just a win is a win. So, it's 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 um it's a tough one for Cunningham. He he he's he's definitely under pressure. I'd say you now to, to 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 get a result on on the weekend. So yeah, the the Sean I'm Kelly, Joyce, Joyce as well. Maybe Joyce, under yeah. pressure. You They're know? both under uh, pressure. If, yeah. If Galway, if Galway yeah. they lose. You know, that, that could be the end of the road there. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Sean Kelly's a very good man marker for Galway. He'll probably pick up Connor Cox. Mulcairn will pick up Dermot Murta. And because they're playing Fiona Ali as a sweeper, Dylan McHugh will be able to man mark Kieran Murta. Now, they're good matches for all three of your. Like, Kieran Murta loves to drop off, and mm-hmm. the centre back doesn't follow him, and he's a, he's a very nice player. But I, I think Galway have all the aces here. I think traditionally they destroy Roscommon in midfield. I think they have those four forwards I mentioned. I don't think Roscommon will have the defenders for them. And I think Galway will probably match up fairly well on some of the some of the the Roscommon forwards. So I'm going for a Galway win here, lads. What do you think, Chair? Oh, I just I actually don't know because I, I like Brendan's point uh, on on dragging if Roscommon can drag Galway into a bit of a dogfight. And Cunningham, the one thing he definitely did bring to them was was an, an edge and a bit of a nastiness with a couple of the guys, which is no uh, no harm certainly from some of their forwards, leaving it in late. So I I, I actually don't know, but um, go for a draw, Brendan. Go for a draw, no, <laughs> a draw in normal time, right? And uh, who knows after that? Yeah. Go for a draw. I'm running out of time yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> You're making a good case there for the draw there. Yeah, yeah. I I'll just go with slight slight go with one. William, same as you. Just think they have forward line, particularly if Comer does make it. They've got that extra bit of form. If Walsh had form, the two, if the two of them had form, I just think of something else common to have in their ranks. Okay, exactly. Armagh Antrim, lads, another one. This is in. This is a home uh, draw for Armagh. Um, like, I mean, are, are we at the stage, Brendan, where we can trust Armagh? Like, I see all these teams trying to make the breakthrough and they always talk about consistency and we're trying to get up there. For me, they can't be trusted yet on the back of three good league, four good league performances because the league is the league and we don't know how the big teams are approaching the mm-hmm. league and all these things. The reality is the evidence we have of Armagh, the most recent evidence, is a complete capitulation against Donegal last year. 
Yeah, you don't trust him against Antrim even? Well, no, well, I've actually tipped him for Ulster. I'm just being Deva's advocate here, like, you know what I mean? I probably That's do trust okay. him. Like, I, like, but this is a type of game that a Caldera or an Armagh could lose, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, you know what, Wally, I think this is different. You know, the, the, I hate talking about the journey, but really, if you look at Armagh, the template, I think that's the that's template. A, that, hang on now, 20. hang on a minute now. The journey, that's a Jim what? McGuinness saying now. He's on a journey, <laughs> he's on a journey. That, that's banned on this show. I couldn't think of anything else. Sorry, sorry. No I'm, surprised his, I'm surprised his book wasn't called Jim McGuinness, My Journey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there was some, uh, some serious quotes in there, right? But you know what, Willie, the uh, time spent together of, of McGuinney and them lads, uh, in terms of, say, the template of a county that, would, you know, down the Division 3, had a very recent uh, great history in terms of winning All-Ireland and, and being in finals and, and dominating Ulster, to fall so far away then, there was times in that last seven, eight years that you thought, it's not working, you know, McGuinney should just give it up. But they've stuck with it and stuck with it, and the players have stuck with it, and you look at the turnover players and Paddy Talley, as we spoke in the last day on the players not committing long term to down, etc. They've committed the Iron Man, they've come back, and I think, Willie, they are at the stage where you can trust them. I've just seen enough of them, Willie, I haven't seen them in the flesh. Physically, they're good enough, midfield, defence, they've got their, their, their system set up, and then what they have, as all the top teams have, they have three or four, five forwards who, who can all hit, you know, the Niels, Grugan, uh, Campbell, you know, all of them, they've substitute them in as well. There's a Herbert lad come on and got a goal against Donegal that night. Turbot, sorry. Turbot. You know, they, they have um they have ability uh, everywhere, Willie, and they have now a bit of momentum coming in as well. I think they've enjoyed playing Division 1. They've seen off Ross Common quite quite easily in that game, which didn't surprise me, Willie, haven't seen him against Donegal. For the for the first uh, 20 minutes of that game, Willie, it was 5-1, and our mad Donegal completely boxed off in terms of everything that they were doing versus what Donegal was doing. You just seen maybe they weren't at the level yet to go and just control the game, which is fair enough because they're not becoming a team. But I would be excited if I was an Ironman man. Of course, Andy McGinley have taken, and Stephen O'Neill has gone in there. Just look at the merry-go-round there of, of people going into different counties now. Well, they obviously Donaghy joined Armagh. I just mentioned Poacher there going into and the Ross Common. You know, you've Buckley going in, going into Monaghan. The McGavers there, you know, going into. Uh, and the for Mana to join Ricey at Andy McGinley and, and O'Neill going into Antrim. So everybody's trying to pull in players, particularly the bigger counties that can maybe afford to do it. Of course, Rochford's up in Donegal. You're looking at counties now, the amount of them that are reaching out to grab somebody uh, that can be telling or can make a difference to come into their squad. You know, obviously, Louth taking in heart this year as well. So you have you have everybody trying to get that wee extra edge. And at the minute, I think Armagh are certainly big contenders for us and I think they're coming with a real freshness if you look at their, their neighbours there in Tyrone there's a bit of a cloud hanging over them whereas Armagh there seems to be a bit of a buzz back and even that night uh, up in the athletics grounds there was whatever 500 fans and you know they're real vociferous they were really getting behind the team like I didn't hear that much noise in, in Park yesterday which is maybe fair enough but you know there was a real uh, a bit of energy coming behind Armagh and I think they could be uh, dangerous this summer Yeah there's a sense that they're kind of coming with something I think Armagh or Antrim's new style 
style under McGinley where they're playing a bit more football will suit Armagh because the last few years Armagh have been very good on the kicking game a bit like Kerry but don't like the stalemate situation I don't think they have enough pace to break through that stalemate or the patience to, to do it maybe they're getting a little bit better um, at that who do you fancy in this one Jer? we'll have to move on yeah Armagh will win because they're playing in a higher division and the only decent game for me Antrim got all year was their first league game against Loud which was uh, I think one by one point but I think the goals in, in um, uh, quality of opposition will 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 far um, will have far improved Armagh as opposed to Antrim. Yeah, I'll go Armagh too. Brendan Armagh. Armagh, sorry, Andrew McGinley, he's a good mate, but a uh, few years, few years work in progress. He'll get he'll get them back up. I think in competitive, but then uh, not ready this year. I don't think. Yeah, exa- exactly. Monaghan for Manalas. This is on Saturday at half three. Um, like I mean you wouldn't give Fermanagh too much hope here lads if we're being honest they were very disappointing in Tullamore beaten by Offaly like I mean and we saw then Offaly against I know you can't play this game too much but you know Offaly aren't a top Division 2 team by any stretch they'll be lucky to survive in Division 2 and like I mean Fermanagh were beaten well in the league semi-final um, against them Monaghan on the other hand looked like a little bit like Armagh that they've kind of turned a corner into a new style of football they seem to have options all over the place like Desi Ward is man-marking now which I was I was surprised about you've McInespy and O'Connell flying as wing-backs you've Darren Hughes you have Kearns and you've Lavelle all options uh, for midfield and up front you know Jack McCarron coming on scoring 7 points McManus is back Mulligan's a very good young player like I mean they have Kieran Hughes I don't know where he is. I think he got a black card in one of the earlier games and, you know, he hasn't been seen since. Maybe the management don't particularly like that kind of uh, carry-on. Conor McCarthy, they just seem to have a little bit of... They have lots of energy about them and they introduced the new players, giving them a new impetus and they're playing a good brand of football. I can see Monaghan probably winning this seven, eight points. I, I'd agree with you, if if not more. If if, if Fermanagh don't come out with the blocks uh, nice and early and and, and ask questions... Um, it's going to be one-way traffic, I think. Uh, Monaghan have gotten a, a nice bounce off Banty going back in. He, he's kind of rejuvenated things. He has them training hard in the uh, in the off season, <laughs> and uh, like most of the good teams, because that's what they have to do. In fairness to them, um, if you want to compete at the, or get to the next level, so so I think Monaghan have just far too much uh, firepower there. You'd feel I'd feel bad for for Ryan McManaman. Obviously, they were uh, afflicted by COVID last year. They have to bring a load of 20s to go and, and, and uh, play their game. Uh, in the Championship, he'll no doubt be hoping for a bounce from the, from the guys, but I think there's just far too much quality and strength in uh, in Monaghan and the firepower that Monaghan have as well and the options then that they have uh, coming in off the bench as well. They they, they, they could win by, by double figures for me, double digits rather. Slight question mark, uh, Brendan, about uh, Monaghan, their half-forward line, which is all speed, Stephen O'Hanlon, young Aaron Mulligan and Bannigan that they're kind of small footballery types and you know maybe you could see a case for Darren Hughes being put in there somewhere just I don't know to beef up that line or maybe am I trying to be over over critical here I think it's a game they play well you know you look at Conor McCarthy as well in the round there in terms of it's it's quick movement ball you've got to play to your strength and I think they do that you know avoiding the contact yeah yeah, McManus keeps keeps doing doing his thing inside I mean Jack McCarron last day what a strange player he is. Well, I've seen him do unbelievable things in the league. You know, he comes in that game last day and had seven points in the, that game against Galway, including a, a brilliant winner to, to keep Monaghan in the division. Like every year, it was looking like Monaghan might go down, they might go down, they've clung in, they've clung in. But this year, you know, I was thinking before the season started, I wonder would they be under pressure to stay up? But they have definitely come with a new buzz. You know, let's be honest. I mean, Buckley's, 
you know, one of the most highly sought after coaches in the country. He's definitely went in and added a bit of jip to him as well. So Monaghan now with them players you mentioned, and, and you know, the, you looked at McCarthy in that game against Donegal, you know, and then they don't they didn't need him in that Galway game. So it's not as if they're dependent just totally on McManus now. And they seem to have scores over the pitch. And them young lads have some serious pace that's coming in. Like Donegal had some trouble trying to keep them uh, breaking the lines and getting through players and that. So, again, a bit like Armagh, Monaghan are coming in this championship with a real buzz about them. And that's going to really put it up to uh, for Manor. It's a real difficult task. Yeah, and Colin Walsh is back flying in training, apparently. And, like, I mean, there isn't a wing-back spot for him with McInespy and, and uh, Carla Connell playing so well. Maybe centre-back. Uh, Drew Wiley, apparently, is back. They have loads of options now. Like, these young lads that have come in have rejuvenated things. They have a bench now. And I don't know, it's, it's mad how four or five good players coming in from underage can, like it's a third of your team when you think about it Jerry. it shouldn't be that much of a surprise you remember Mannion McCaffrey yeah. Kilkenny and these lads coming into Dublin and Jesus turn you from a good team into pretty much an unbeatable team and and, and, and that's where probably Malachy O'Rourke uh, despite his, his wonderful success with Monaghan he probably for me went an extra season or two too long it was the same team nearly his whole time and wasn't the same, it same, relatively the same way playing and, 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 and when you don't rejuvenate the squad um, the older guys get comfortable ish even though in their heads they'll, 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 they'll be pushing hard they'll try to improve and everything else and get better but if there's nobody biting at your heels to, to get into the team yeah. you just don't go as hard as uh, and that's uh, human nature that's and that's just human nature so, so so it's a real positive that to bring those guys in and then like you mentioned the energy that those guys uh, bring to the squad but but again that middle eight uh, we've mentioned before the, the, the game is so fluid and 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 um, non-linear. It's nearly chaotic in there. That the, the fast guys, uh, the agile guys, and while these lads might be small in height, they're very strong uh, physically as well. Uh, but they are moving the ball on and so quick, and they're giving and they're going, and they're coming in at at angles. It would be quite difficult to defend them. So uh, unless for man, maybe park the bus and and hold them. I don't know, but. Uh, it's, it's it's very hard to see. Manon, you know, just you know, mm. Manon have, a, Manon have a, had a really bad time in Ulster last few years, so it is actually a massive season for them. You know, since yeah. the last championship one was twenty fifteen. Yeah. Since then, you know, they haven't got near a final. You know, and they've they've lost. Remember that famous game where for Manor, they got done with a the last minute goal, uh, and uh, you know, since then they've, they've lost like back to back championships against Cavan and that. So. You know, as much as that Monaghan team should have been in the round the house, they haven't been. So this is actually a massive year for Monaghan. Mm-hmm. I think that's why they're coming in pretty fresh. They really haven't done it at all in Ulster from being the contenders that they were back in back in, in the champions in 2015. They haven't got anywhere near even getting into a final. Yeah, exactly. I think we're all going to go for Monaghan there, lads. We're, we'll, yeah. we'll move on to the Leinster Championship. Kildare and Offaly, lads. This could be a great game in Portlaoise. Um, Omar Park, the home of football. Um, you know, there was only four in it last year. I think it was 20 points to 16. Like, you would say Offaly are much better prepared now. They're coming off... They're coming off a league final, which is almost it's pretty much championship yeah. kind of pace with the nerves, you know, and all those. Yeah, playing then, in Park too. Yeah. Then they're coming off beating a good loud team, as yeah. you know well, Jer, yeah, how yeah. loud or solid. After extra time, you know, Kildare are a better team here, but Offaly are much better prepared. So can you see this being closer than four points? Or The, the only thing for me is, is three tough games week after week. Um will awfully have the legs to, to, to sustain the level of performance that's going to be required. The Bushkill there, I, I think they just might 
fade away towards the latter stage of the game. We thought that um, going, I bet you we would have thought that if we were told last Thursday that the game against Loud would go to extra time, we would have all said Loud will win that game. Well, I, 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 I would have said that the game against Derry would have brought off before right? Now we can say that now in hindsight. <laughs> but, uh, right. but now no. you're saying one more game is... To, is the well, I think one more game is... is, is and, and look, at the normal time of, of, of the, 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 the drawn awfully low game, it was probably the guts of 80 minutes. Um, I don't know how much injury time was actually played, but the way the game is now, there's nearly three or four minutes each half. And then two by ten minutes, like it was 100 minutes of championship football. Yeah. Which, which like, it just no, no matter how fit you are, the amount of ground that guys are covering is going to take... Uh, um, uh, a lot of work and a lot of recovery just to get the mind and bodies right. But uh, I would imagine it'll, it'll be a very relaxing week physically on the on the Offaly players. It'd be just about recovery. Have a look at what Kildare are, are, are good at. Um, now Kildare playing me the last day. I I I I, I got that one wrong. Um, I thought uh, Mead would be psychologically uh, would have too much uh, for the Kildare guys when push came to shove. But in fairness to Jack O'Connor. He's sort of forgetting something from the uh, a bit of toughness uh, and steel from the Kildare players that they were able to stand up. And I know there was a, a couple of reports of, of, of uh, maybe unsavoury stuff after the game, but you know sometimes you have to do what's required to, to, to break through and get over the line. And, and, and the challenge for Kildare will be, and for me it's always their challenge because we played them so much, is the inconsistencies that sometimes the Kildare guys can lick themselves after winning a tough game and, and to stay up against Mead. Uh, it was a tough game and uh, will they be able to put it back to back that is the challenge but I, I, I'd i find it hard to see Offaly maintain the level of performance that they put in if they had an extra week I'd be I'd be, I'd, I'd be somewhat different but anyway. Yeah do you, do you think Brendan this could be a case where Offaly will start this game pretty well because they're more champion, they're more championship ready but Kildare probably you know stretch away in the second half Offaly might tire and let's be honest Kildare are a better team than Offaly they are, well, and you just wonder how much, I mean, if they were to say, right, this is your last game of the season, surely they can keep it going. It just depends on what's ahead and the, and the body can keep taking over. you got to remember, of course, the late run into the season, how conditioned are they? If it was normal conditioning, uh, if they had their whole season behind them, I think they'd be OK still at this stage, but they haven't got that. And I think Jair's right, touching on that point now of, of fatigue for certain players. And, of course, extra time is the last thing they needed. Two, two for me, very lucky goals, obviously, in that game against uh, Louth. But listen, they'll, they'll take that all day. But I th- just think Kildare's going to be that extra step up. But I think the yeah, fatigue's going to start kicking in. You've got to remember as well, Willie, you want to get tactically ready for a team. You know, you want to kind of you know, set traps and, and, and get positions in play, think, right, this happens here, that happens here. So you're trying to do that in a week where you're trying to rest players and maintain sharpness and... It's just so difficult. So everything's looking towards uh, Kildare victory. Yeah, but they're all doing that. Kildare in the same boat there because we're seeing games every week. Kildare didn't know who they were playing until mm. that game finished extra time. And now Jack O'Connor has to go, right, now we have to plan for them. It's difficult turnaround, especially for league's OK. You might not plan too much tactically. You're looking at lads. You just want to see your team playing well. Okay. But the one-week turnaround in the championship is cruel on managers, really, isn't it, uh, Ger? Like It's not enough time to be able to get the tape of that match to be able to sit down and analyse it, to be able to work out a plan, to be able to come to training on a Tuesday night and deliver that plan, and then to do walkthroughs on Thursday night about how you're going to do it. Well, well, a general statement here. This what's happening here with Kildare playing, having had two or three weeks off, two weeks I think, uh, and off. You know, three weeks is it? Three probably. Three weeks, yeah. Uh, it's another example of the 
inequality of the provincial system and for me uh, uh, something that I think we all agree needs to change uh, but uh, to have our elite competition uh, now up and running where one team has played is playing three weeks in a row versus against a team that has had three weeks off that's an inequality but, yeah. uh, well one was a league final that Kildare didn't get to so like I mean yeah. you know, or Kildare didn't play I think they yeah they beat Mead yeah well, I, I, give, I, give, I give you that one hopefully they've yeah. only played one game more than Kildare yeah. but I do take your point on the Leicester yeah. Championship yeah. Yeah. so, so uh, but, but no look at the, the, having a week to, to prepare for games I, 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 I personally would, would, wouldn't see it as a major issue that the analysis teams that, that are there now and and uh, you can kind of watch the tape and you can get a few clips together very, very quickly and and uh, like Brendan mentioned there, set traps for opposition and look you, So you think you can get it done, you could oh, get you it could, done in yeah. a week, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, okay. you get it done in a couple of hours really. Okay, well look, I'm not in management, you have been. Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I was panicking about nothing there. Yeah, basically. yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> you do, you do get it done. I, I think where the, the, the difficulty is, 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 um, uh, again, Brandon was touching on it. Probably getting out into the field and, to and practice working it, yeah. on those couple of things it will, will, will be difficult for Offaly now because you can't push the lads. I I, I don't know if Offaly can do any uh, high intensity stuff really for just maybe a small bit on the Thursday for ten or twenty minutes, and that's all those lads will be able to do. Like you know, so. yeah, yeah. But uh, the point I'm supposed to, I'm making is that say Offaly or say Kildare watch Offaly and whoever they watch, mm. and they say right next week, Jesus, we're going to have to play a sweeper against them. Now you haven't played a sweeper all like we want to sh- surprise them with a sweeper, yeah. You'd like at least a training match with the sweeper, and you might not get it because uh, you know maybe on training on Tuesday night, but just once, and you're trying to iron out all this. I think maybe that's why GA teams stick with one game plan and play it the whole year without yeah. you know don't have time to maybe mix and match their well, game plan if you know what I mean. Well, see, it's a short season, right? And Jack O'Connor's in his first year with uh, Kildare, so you do need an, an A, uh, sorry, an A B and plan A B and, and, and to a point C. And probably Claire may have gone and trained an in-house game on the Monday evening, knowing that they're now playing Offaly, and right. they would have management would have got enough work done on the tape, in the, in the background, and you could easily play a good forty, fifty minute solid in-house game on the on the Monday night, and then the rest of the week you, you'd you'd probably wind down a small bit, you know. So. Right. Yes, you might have a walkthrough maybe on a Wednesday just mm. to ram it home or whatever. Anyways, I'll I'll go for Kildare here, lads. Are we all going for Kildare? Yeah, going for Gildare. Jerry, I love this so you can get a game plan together in two or three hours. That's, yeah. You're on another level. But man, you're, you're hot yeah. property now. Isn't it? <laughs> He's selling himself here, isn't he? Listen, well, you yeah. know, forget about two days. I, I can do this in three hours. Brent, Come get me. Brent, you're Brendan, I, time's I, up. Your time's up, owner. I, 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 I'm blessed that I work in UCD and, and, and when the colleges are up and running, I, I, I'm very oh, so you're fortunate. you're free, yeah. I'm watching a lot of games and uh, when I'm working and with, College being quiet, I'm uh, still watching a lot of games, so uh, you can, you can, uh, it's not rocket science for me. Jerry, you've probably got a team of EGA nutcases and you just put them into a dark room and <laughs> assess and analyze, give, give it all back to me. You take the yeah. credit then. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have them on the earpiece here. Yeah, yeah. It, does, it does go to show that, <laughs> yeah. like, uh, if you've got a manager who works a very demanding hours on the Monday, for example, yeah. and he's in work till six rushing to yeah. training to make sure he's there before the players, not to look like, you know, he's a good work ethic. When has he got time to get the report from the analysts and to have a good talk? 
thought process for the Monday night. Do you and, know? And, and, it's all and right see, for you. You're a man of leisure during the summer. Yeah, so. yeah. It, 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 and that is a huge thing. And, and, and the conversations come up before, like like to, to, to be a proper inter-county manager, to do your job right, whether it's Division 1 or Division 4, you're putting in a serious amount of time. Yeah. And, and uh, as players, and I know the GPA have done a lot of audits over the last number of years with the ASRI as well, and they're doing anywhere from 25 to 35 hours a week, including a bit of travel. Managers are doing more than that again uh, because you are putting the hard work in the background. So, it, 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 yeah, you do need to be in a position probably from a work, uh, home-life balance to, to be able to put those hours in. And, and uh, yeah, that's something that managers... You, you do figure out, and, and again, uh, maybe it's just me, uh, my Dublin arrogance, I don't know, but uh, I'm, I'm very comfortable watching the game. I'm watching the team once or twice. It's, uh, you, you can see what they're doing, who the better players are, who picks up most possessions. Yeah. And it's just about actually trying to, the, the challenge quite often, Woolly, is, uh, and uh, as you know, is, is teaching the, uh, your players and communicating the message across. And to make sure that they're actually getting it. That, in fact, is actually the bigger challenge because you have a team of 30 players here and you know three or four of them like watching the tape, three or four of them like uh, practicing on the pitch, three or four of them just like doing their own research on it and figuring it out and, and, and find the different ways at how your different players learn best and then communicating in a way that suits them is actually the bigger challenge maybe as a manager but that's just my experience yeah, of it. Yeah. And you did mention Dublin arrogance we've analysed that that's gone now that's that gone now that doesn't yeah, exist yeah, yeah, anymore yeah. right so that's just a thing of the past. Leash <laughs> yeah. um, and Westmead lads like this is in Tullamore at, at half past one on Sunday like I mean uh, traditionally this is a 50-50 game like I mean there's a bit of a rivalry there that the country might know about I've spoke about it on the show before it goes all the way back from when we were minors and we played like three Leinster finals uh, a Leinster final and two replays and we've met each other a lot a lot and to be honest with you you know it's probably breaking about 50-50 but I'd be worried as a Leash fan this year uh, Westmead are going much better now with the Westmead were in a relegation but they were very competitive against Mead. should have beaten Mead. Uh, they were, didn't disgrace themselves against Mayo who were a top level team yeah. at home they did pretty well and they scored 25 points against Cork and they were beaten by down by a pint Leash are having a nightmare league they're, they're, they've lost all games and they're averaging 12 points Mike Quirk can't understand it and I, I completely understand this. He says, training hasn't changed. If anything, has pushed on and become more intense and gone on to a level and probably have a few more quality players than we did last year, but we just haven't found that spark. And then he kind of says, and maybe he's right in this, he says, we had three and a half weeks at the start of the league, which maybe we would have been better off if we did like other teams and went back training and taken the challenge games when fellas were ringing me, offering me before we went back training. Lots of manager reference in this, Brendan, being offered challenge games before you're even allowed to train, turning them down, wanting to do the right thing. And Mike Quirk gets a three-week lead in. Leach can't find a spark. They're off the pace. They're not playing well because he did the right thing. Well, what he needs to learn... What's the lesson, the, what's the lesson bloody, we've learned here? Take, take, the bloody, take the bloody challenge game mm. would be my thing. Yeah. Well, that's what it looks I mean, like. I don't know what... I, I, well, listen, my, I, there's no point in throwing that in there. Now. I don't think the performances haven't been a level where they've missed a couple of challenge games, you know. As you said there, they've been well off it. Uh, even Down had 219 in them and that uh, final playoff, uh, that <clears throat> relegation playoff. So listen, there's just nothing good coming into this from them. So, you know, you, at, that, at that point, Willie, and we, we talked about before about systems and teams just coming on and being ruthless and playing. What you're really looking for now is some kind of least championship performance. That's all you have to go on. You're just going to say, here, go out and give it a give it the give it a full lash and hope that players somehow get some inspiration. 
I mean, many many fans have laid into this. Uh, Willie, is 500. There, is there a few? 500. I was just thinking, is there a clamour for tickets? You know, this this is the this is the thing at the minute with with teams that that are down and out there. Yeah, got to start to inspire and 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 take take a scalp. But at the minute, for least that I can't see it happening. Why? See, Westmeath have had a, a decent season, and I think they're going to win this match. Yeah, chair and and yeah. See, hey, just just on, on that yeah. before you give your on in Leash's defence on the down game and from talking about down game, Leash had maybe two or three one on ones which they missed. Mm-hmm. Uh, they missed a penalty. You know, and down went straight after the penalty miss went down and scored. That was a, a much uh, closer game than the scoreline suggested. It's like a six point swing, really. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I think. But again, listen to Brandon there, and I fully agree. With him. Leash now are depending more on hope, and that guys will get themselves up for championship yeah. as opposed to consistency and knowing that you're going to get X from player Y, X from player Z, and that we can plan accordingly. Uh, when you're leaving so much to hope. You just don't know what's going to happen, and and um, yeah, um, it must be very frustrating for Michael Quirk. Then listen to the comments you read out that 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 uh, he's in a second second season with him now. Um, that the quality of of uh, and again I know you mentioned that the the, the Leash maybe aren't in as strong a position as as they were uh, previously, but you would associate Leash with um, uh, good footballers, well able to score. And to not be doing that in the league games and having a disappointing league campaign, he's, he's probably pulling his hair out. But um, it's 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 hard to look beyond Westmead uh, in 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 the game that we can. Yeah, two Westmeads. I I to be honest, it's just purely I could never ever sleep at night if I tipped Westmead to beat Leash. So I'm not going to do it. And I'd, maybe You're I'm like Keeney with the Dublin hurlers. I do. Yeah, yeah. I do yeah. accept. I do accept the the hope. It is more hope, yeah. and that there is yeah. a performance in Leash, and they're not that bad. And if Mike Quirk is saying they didn't get the work done, while the league performances weren't great, the down performance was probably the best one and maybe now they've gotten into the legs, you know, and they're mm. they're maybe primed for this. Potentially, you yeah. don't know. So that's what I'm going to hold, hold out for and I'll go for a leash in that one. Mead and Longford lads in Navin uh, three o'clock on Sunday. You saw firsthand what Longford are like uh, yeah. last week, Jar. Give us your report. I saw Robbie Smith and Rian Brady scored five from play each inside. They're left inside on their own, I'm sure, and the rest are kind of working to get the ball in there. Yeah, so so both lads you mentioned did, did really well and and. They were so accurate in fairness to Longford. I think they, I think they did about nearly ninety percent success rate, shot score ratio in the first half. And most teams would be up around maybe sixty. Dublin would be uh, a, a bit higher. So uh, both of those fellas are huge cogs in the wheel. Um, uh, what's his name, Mickey? Mickey Quinn, yeah. yeah. Centre back an awful lot of ball goes through Mickey Quinn as well. He's a, he's a super player, but. Uh, I, I think from a conditioning point of view, um, Carlo, our lads nearly caught them uh, towards the end. Longford ran out of a bit of steam. I think a couple of their guys aren't as conditioned as uh, you would like. And I think Mead will, will, will just have too much for them. Um, although Andy McEntee, probably in his fourth season, disappointed maybe with how the year's gone and wants to get Mead up to the next level up to maintain a Division 1 status and push on in Leinster in the All-Ireland Series. So... Um, he'd be hoping for a good bounce after the Kildare defeat, but uh, for me, Mead, Mead should win comfortable enough by the end of this year. They, they took off Smith and, and Rian Brady, which yeah. I was surprised about. And like, was this a case where they had stretched a bit of a lead and thought about the Mead game and then you got a couple of goals and then they were worried? Or? No, I, I think both lads looked to be carrying something coming off right. uh, because the momentum was slightly coming back in Carlos' favour. When they took them off. Yeah, we got back to five points at that stage as well and had a couple of other goal chances and nearly could have snuck the win 
Um, but those two guys going off, it did reduce their 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 scoring prowess. So uh, that's a worry for them. Into that's the a media. worry for them. Yeah, and again, having a week to to to, to get the body right for for another tough outing against Mead it'll be a tougher game obviously against Mead obviously playing at a higher division so uh, I think it'd be too much for Longford to ask you know but yeah. they'll probably be delighted with obviously winning one championship game and obviously staying up beating uh, Tipperary uh, in the, the Division 3 playoff the relegation playoff so I think they'd be happy with that you know yeah exactly so we're all going for Mead here lads and you're going for Mead as well Brendan yes boy okay and the last one then Wexford Dublin who are we going for here lads <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's it. Dublin beat the handicap twenty four. Will we have a quick one on this? I've never. Generally, to beat the handicap twenty four is outrageous, right? So will mm. will Dublin beat the handicap, Brendan? Twenty five point win. Yeah, well, it, it, it depends who comes on sub and, and what the what the. We've seen Dublin before. Maybe keep ball and play it about a bit. Then they inject a couple of people on who want to get a place. Yeah, and want to have a bit of target practice. Goals is what it's all about. Will they gain? As the game winds down and they're far ahead, do they keep going for goals? Or do they just take that handy point. If they keep going for goals, if they keep, if they unleash the bench, yeah, they'll they'll, they'll take the handicap. Right, I'd say they'll take it too. I'm very I, rarely wrong I, if I when I t- when I take. I'll go with you on that one, lads. <laughs> right, sorry, <laughs> Wexford. Yeah, for Wexford. Yeah. Sorry, for yeah, Wexford. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Wexford yeah. is right. And I apologise to the Wexford players as your fans rush past you to get Conor Callaghan's autograph <laughs> after the game. So, like, I mean, you know, uh, that's the reality of where Dublin are at at the moment. But Wexford will obviously, you know, they'll they'll have have had a good year after winning a championship game for the first time in nine years. Right, lads. That was a marathon show. Loads of games to get through. Um, I think we have less uh, next week so we'll be back on Monday and we'll review all the seven games so we'll talk to you all then good luck but this little dink ball no one in a crowded area where it's a fist pass the weight is taken over hits the ground and it bounces into a fella's chest why do you not do many interviews oh really yeah, I've been asked to do hopefully really yeah have you ever rang me and they're roaring at me I coffee you free state bastard <laughs> and next thing I hear you have no fucking jurisdiction up here <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.